Yes, sir. Welcome in back to the Hardwood Culture Podcast on the Believe Network. You know me, know the voice of the guy. It's me, you really real villain route. Sorrell Furman Jr. here at your service. And time of recording, the games have not ended yesterday. So I can't tell you how well or bad we did. Hopefully well. But what I can tell you is that the you know, sometimes injury reports are the name of the game, guys. Like, sometimes that's the name of the game, and, you know, that really hurts you, and that really killed us in our first two bets. Milwaukee Bucks minus five and a half in the first quarter. So I hedged out when Drew Holiday was – because when Giannis was out, I was like, okay, they don't got Giannis, but we can still make it do. But when they said Holiday was out too, I hedged out, so I just didn't have any action on that. Once the hedge was over – I think I may have lost like a couple of cents, but you know, nothing spectacular. Knicks, however, Jalen Brunson was announced a game time decision. And then he was announced out right before the game. We had that Knicks minus four and a half of the first quarter. They were up five with four seconds left. This is just how it's been for the past couple of days for us. They were up five with four seconds left in the first quarter. But here comes Kenya Martin Jr., with a freaking shot that pushes it to three. We lose the bet. I lose the bet. Extremely frustrating. Because then we have SGA, who loses by the hook. Was there another one that we had? I don't know. I don't think it was another one. I think it was really... That SGA one was really frustrating, though. And now we have this. So, bad beats just come. You got to remember the good times. And that's the only way that gets you through it. Because for all the bad beats you have, there are good moments where they save you. And, oh, man, that's a two days in a row that we've had a bad beat that I really, really, really don't like it. We still got the Utah game going on. Uh, live line there looks like minus five for for Phoenix is 14-10 right now in time of taping. So we'll see how that goes. And then we still got our props later in the day. De'Aaron Fox is – I think he is playing – I think he is playing, so I'm not going to get down on the Keegan Murray prop. So we're just going to wait on Russell Westbrook plus 210 for the double-double today. But I'm not getting down on Keegan Murray. And by the time you're listening to this, you would have already known everything that's happening. And everything I just said is null and void. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to my guest. Look, he's from the Believe Network, Greg Silver. Is it screaming on what is it? Screaming on the sidelines. Screaming from the sidelines. From the sidelines. I knew I had I knew. See, look, I was sitting there all day, like it's honor from, honor from, honor from, and I keep messing it up. Screaming from the sidelines podcast, believe network. Greg Silver does a lot of good work in hoops, betting hoops. Greg, how's it going? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited that you've got the show off the ground and get to talk about a lot of betting because between March Madness and NBA playoffs coming up, this is the perfect time to get into all the props and the lines and the over-unders and just really absorb every minute of great basketball that's ahead of us. Yeah, man. And that's that's really what this is. Like, when you just think about it, we go year-round with basketball. When you talk about going from NBA season and March Madness, then WNBA's kicking up. That's going to get us all the way through the summer. I think we may have like a week off in September, and then we're back to NBA. 
right after that, back to college basketball. Like, it's hoops 24-7. We're going to be talking about TBT on this podcast. Like, we're going to have everything. It's going to be hoops bets 24-7. So I'm super excited. I'm glad to have you on. This is a, just an opportunity for people to hear different handicaps and other stuff than me. So I've had a guest on before, plan on having a lot more, just different handicaps, different perspectives, because a lot of my listeners are new betters. Like, there are new people that don't even know anything. They just... Sitting in Massachusetts, Massachusetts just went online and they decided to listen to this and figure out, hey, I want to get into sports betting. And so uh, I am super excited to have you on. Thank you for coming on. And let's get into the card. Let's do it. I'm delighted to be here. All right. First game up on the slate. We're going to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road going to play the Atlanta Hawks line currently sitting at one and a half minus two is where it opened already dipped half a point to one and a half 234 is the total let's see if I can find any remnants of an injury report here and it looks pretty clean for both sides what I see I don't see anything popping up that's keeping everybody out of the game so we can expect it to be relatively clean as long as nothing happens late, what are you looking for here with the Cavs laying one and a half on the road? Well, I'm not surprised that the line has already shifted a little bit in the direction of Atlanta. Uh, the Cavs are clearly the better team, right? They're the more complete mm-hmm. package. They have the better star player. I think Donovan Mitchell has a level of maturity that Trey Young doesn't quite have, just having like a little bit of extra time in the league and being the guy. Uh, I my main difference here when I look at these two teams is the difference in pace. The Hawks hmm. are ninth in pace and the Cavs are dead last. And the reason I bring this up is because Cleveland is significantly better when they are at home versus on the road. In other words, when they have control of the environment. And so both of these teams, they've matched up twice. The home team won both of them. And the last time, which was February 24th, that they played. It was in Atlanta and the Cavs really struggled to keep up with the Hawks. They gave up 136 points. I'm not saying that's definitely happening again, but Mm. when I just look at a little bit of the history and the big difference in play styles, I do like the Atlanta as an underdog play. That said, the Hawks have been wildly inconsistent all year and betters by now probably know this if they've put their money on the Hawks one way or another, but at an instant First impressions, those are some of the things I'm looking for. And I think the Cavs could be in trouble just playing in an uncomfortable environment as we saw it a month ago. Yeah, no. So, and I've been telling people and a lot of my listeners on my other show is that Atlanta is a hard place to play, man. Like that, the atmosphere and just think of, think of what you think of when you think of the city of Atlanta, the big lights, the parties, all of that stuff and put all of that into the arena and playing in that super hard environment. And if there's one place I love to back the Hawks is at home. I, I will not touch a Hawks number at all on the road because there's such a big disparity. You go from that and then you go and you're playing in Cleveland, Ohio. Milwaukee, Minnesota. Wow, that's super like that doesn't get you excited like it does in the city of Atlanta. So I'm with you here. I'm I'm playing the Hawks here. Hawks are 13 and 11 this season when a home underdog. So we're getting them at a little bit of a plus price here against the Cavs, of course, because the Cavs are a big team. But what I'm really looking out here for 
the Atlanta Hawks is can they be able to get their three-point shot going? Can they be able to hit the shots on the outside? Bogdanovich has been good recently. And I think that him, along with Sadiq Bey coming over to this team, adds a level of shooting that the Hawks didn't have in the beginning of the season. Like we, we roasted the Hawks in the beginning of the season because they were not able to hit outside shots. Now you have Bogdanovich coming into his own after that injury in the first part of the season. He's starting to catch his strides towards the end of the season. You have Sadiq Bey joining this team. So that that adds a little bit of extra scoring where Trey Young is probably going to be inefficient as he always is. But he can get those outside guys going. DeAndre Hunter has been doing RA 35.3% from three this season. So I'm really looking for them to be able to score on the outside because the inside presence is so dominant for Cleveland. I've got a great stat to couple that point with uh, for you, Terrell, and for all of our listeners. So the three teams that have the lowest percentage of their scoring from three-pointers this year are Atlanta number one, Lakers number two, and Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls number three. I think what all three of those teams have in common is that they have had wildly inconsistent seasons. It kind of comes all at once in waves. I know that the Lakers roster has changed a little bit since the trade deadline. Hawks even had some changes of their own. But for the most part, the Hawks can fill it up and they can explode. But getting that three-point shot going is something that has not been a given by any means. So I really like that you bring that up. And I think that if you're going to play against a defense like Cleveland's, who's one of the top defenses in the entire league, you have to find a variety of ways to score. Uh-huh. Sadiq Bay, 44% from three this season. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 40% from three. All right. So I think we both in agreement here. Hawks plus one and a half. Hawks on the money line. I think this is a really good get up spot for them in a game they need. Like this is a competitive. I was saying this on yesterday's show it might have been this show it might have been my other show i can't remember but this is one of the most competitive playoff races that we've seen like one of the most competitive playoff races we've seen in terms of every it seems that everybody on both sides are in it especially on the west side more the west than the east and speaking of the west let's go ahead and talk about a couple of those teams that are fighting for those play-in spots and that is the golden state warriors and new orleans pelicans who the Pelicans are on the road here playing in Chase Center. Minus nine is the line for the Warriors. State shoots to open at nine. 235 and a half is the total. Uh, don't really have an injury report, especially for the Pelicans, because they're playing in very soon. But Gary Payton the second is looking like he's going to go again next game. He's probable. Really good to see him back on the court here. So... I think there's a huge disparity here already when you look at this line and why it's nine. And the reasoning is because straight up, the Golden State Warriors are 30 and eight at home. Pelicans 13 and 24 on the road. Look at ATS 25 and 13 for the Golden State Warriors, 14, 22 and one for the New Orleans Pelicans. Is there any way? And I feel like that I'm beating a dead horse because you told me before the show that you are right outside of the Bay Area. Is there any way that New Orleans gets this done? Unlikely, but it's not impossible. And I'm not surprised to see the line at minus nine. But look, you just alluded to it. It's not that the Warriors money line record is so good at home. Even by the standards of Vegas, they have the best coverage rate at home out of anybody in the league. So even with the assumption and knowing 
that they're a different team at home. They still seem to exceed expectations. And on top of that, home games are ones they really need because of how atrocious they are on the road and how bad their defense is. So mm-hmm. Gary Payton the second's back. He's bringing a different flavor to the defense. And the Warriors just threw away a game last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So they've had a couple days to rest. They haven't had to travel. They're finally getting their guys back together. If they're in an environment where it's comfortable for them, couple that with the Pelicans not having success on the road, I actually think nine is a number that's going to increase possibly into the double digits. So normally I don't love big favorites, but in this case I'm okay with taking the Warriors to swallow the points. Yeah, I think so. There's a, there's a lot of things that can come into play here because we have the Pelicans that are going to be coming off of back-to-back. Is CJ McCollum going to play? Is Jonas Valanciunas going to play? Is Brandon Ingram going to play? These are three guys that have been known, especially Brandon Ingram. These are three guys that have been known to sit back-to-backs at times. And we're not even getting into the, you know, Herb Jones has battled injuries. Uh, Dyson Daniels has battled injuries. Like, do they just pack this in? And I don't think you can. Like, if you look at this, let's just go ahead and say they get the win. They're 11-point favorites tonight. Let's just go ahead and say they get the win. That's 38-37. and 37. Golden State's 39-37, and y'all are playing for a playoff spot. Golden State's trying to stay out of the play-in. New Orleans is trying to make sure they can at the very least be in the play-in. And so, assuming everybody goes, I... I'm very, very hesitant to lay the nine. I want to, and I might, and I just might end up talking myself into it because of the fact that they did blow that game against Minnesota. If they won that game against Minnesota, I think I would 100% be on New Orleans in this spot because nine is just a lot for a game that should be really, really competitive. Both teams are trying to win. Well, I think I, I think I like a first though. quarter play a little bit better. Okay, yeah, because what I was going to come back with you is that and i hate to be one of the guys that's like oh they didn't lose the game uh, or they didn't get beat they beat themselves but i think that if the warriors get a little careless and they have a lead or even careless going into that third quarter and they start turning the ball over that's mm-hmm. what's going to in favor of new orleans in terms of betting talk here so i think the warriors could certainly do it to themselves but if they play disciplined and focused basketball coming off a game that they really should have had against uh-huh. the team that's fighting for a playoff spot in Minnesota, then I expect them to be focused in the environment where they're comfortable. But if you don't trust them to take care of the ball, then the New Orleans plus nine is not a bad play. Yeah, I I think I'm still going to go with Golden State minus nine. And the reasoning is because a lot of what you just said and I think, and I truly believe that Gary Payton II can give them a spark. I think that Andrew Wiggins, effectively being done for the rest of the season, really, really killed this team in the fact of he was their, uh, no disrespect to Draymond, but I think Andrew Wiggins was their best defender. Like, I, I understand everything Draymond does is a floor general standpoint, but in terms of one-on-one guarding, Andrew Wiggins has really, really stepped up over the past couple of years playing with Golden State in terms of defensive effort. And it is a huge impact with him being out. Gary Payton is the second can give them another spark on defense that can help some of these games that are a little bit closer, that lead expound a little bit more. 
and it's and he's a willing and capable scorer on the offensive end. Hopefully they learned their lesson of giving Jordan Poole the ball in crunch time. And <laughs> we know that we're not going to give Jordan Poole the ball in crunch time anymore, but hopefully we don't need crunch time because we have a minus nine spread. So I, I, I'm going to go with the Warriors here. It's just the road woes for the Pelicans are a little bit too much for me, even in a game that they need, especially seeing, and I'm interested to see how the game turns out tonight. And is it a blowout where people – end up sitting the second half and not having to worry about it? Or is it a situation where they're grinding the entire game? This Portland team gave it to the Thunder for three quarters. So is it going to be an opportunity where they're grinding and now they're going to be beat up going to see Golden State the next night and they could really lose some of those legs in that second half. So I'm going to stick with it and I'm going to go with you. Warriors minus nine. We're on the same side of card there. I think we have time for... One more game. So really quickly, we're going to talk about the Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors. This is the other nationally televised game kicking off 730 on the East Coast. Raptors are laying nine, not nine, but the Raptors are laying three at home. 219 is the total. Now, this is an interesting spot because for the first thing, we have a favorable spot for the Miami Heat, which is them on the road catching points. In no situation laying points am I ever betting the Miami Heat, but I love them as a dog. Is this a spot where you could find yourself backing the Heat as a dog? Yes, 100%. And I'm glad you say that because uh, when the Heat are favored, they cover the spread just 34% of the time, and only the Dallas Mavericks are below them in that category. So getting the Heat as a dog is nice. And look, Trends are important to pay attention to. The injury report is always important to pay attention to. But sometimes in betting, and that's the beauty of sports, is that it's not necessarily a science. And we're starting to get to April when the Miami Heat, now in this Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra era, mm-hmm. have this have this propensity and this pattern of elevating their game beyond what their talent is on paper. Mm-hmm. And I think whoever draws the heat in the first round of the playoffs, that's a really, really bad draw for one of those top teams. I think rather than caring about a seed, you should care about not playing the heat. Now, Toronto, to their credit, is effective at home, and they have positioned themselves better since trading for Jakob Pertl. But the heat have the underdog mentality. That's kind of their identity. So to be on the road and travel – against a team that isn't necessarily lethal from a shooting standpoint in Toronto, that's the type of matchup that actually favors a Miami that can keep the game low scoring and close, and they can win it at the end with their defense. So three points, I'm definitely in favor of Miami. I expected this to be kind of more of a pick just from where I was, uh, everything I was analyzing earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much on the heat here as a dog. Yeah, I love getting heat plus three over just over the history of especially after LeBron James left. the team. This has just been a really good team when they're underdogs on the road, when nobody is expecting them to go out there and win. That's when they typically go out there and do it. So I think that because this is low scoring, because the pace can feed more into what the Miami Heat like to do, especially on the defensive end. They love when they get into half-court sets and they can just smother you with defense on that side of ball. You have the inconsistencies of Fred Van Fleet that 
you don't know what you're going to get any any time out. And so if this isn't the Fred Van Fleet game, because it looks like Gary Trent Jr. is not going to go in this game. So you're losing another score on that. And you look, Scotty Barnes looks like he's going to play, but no Gary Trent. You're losing another score in that backcourt. And I think that's really going to come to play. When you talk about everybody in the backcourt that can go out there and score from Max Strews, Tyler Hero, a Gabe Vincent, like Strews and Vincent are two very, very capable role players that go out there and just do what's asked for them. You know how Tyler Hero can get going, uh, you know, one of the streakiest players in the league. So, I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm on the Miami Heat plus three in this one. Sprinkle on the money line. I think you need to sprinkle on the money line here. This could be a spot where Miami Heat go into Toronto and get a win on the road and bolster their chances at that six seed and just making sure that they stay out of the play in themselves. And so, all right, let's go ahead and talk about best bets. I'm telling you, like I tell all of our guests when we come on, we're keeping your record. So when you do come back, we are adding to the record. It's not just going to replenish. You have one bet to make tonight. One bet. If you had one bet, what is it going to be? It's actually one that we didn't necessarily discuss specifically. We did touch on the game. But I really like the under in Warriors-Pelicans. It's currently at 235.5. I think that's a lot of points for a game that might not necessarily be close. And because the Warriors play much better defense when they're at home, they're able to keep their teams, their opponents, rather, in check. We don't know what we're going to see from New Orleans tomorrow, as you said, Terrell, because they have guys that will sit back-to-backs. And if this game ends up not being very close, we could have a very low-scoring fourth quarter on our hands when the last four to five minutes get spent with teams just kind of running out the clock and maybe getting some reps for the guys that don't play as much. I think 235 and a half could hit the over if the Warriors come out blazing hot or if this game somehow gets close and the Warriors defense breaks down and they find a way to just keep living on the perimeter. But overall, I'm very comfortable with 235 and a half as the under given the way the Warriors play defense on their home floor. All right. I for I like that. I like that, especially with the fact of this is a large spread and it probably will increase. Like depending on what happens tonight, this spread could increase and people could sharps could come in and hammer the Warriors and push this line forward. And when you get to double digits, you love the under in those double digit spread games. So I definitely like that play. I'm going to stick with the Miami Heat, man. I think that this is a a really good regression spot in terms of where, where their record is as an underdog on the road. This seven, they're seven and nine. This season, I'm sorry. This season, they're seven and nine on the road as an underdog. And they're normally, you know, above that 50% threshold when we're talking about 53%, 54%. They're normally above that threshold when they're talking about covering as a dog on the road. I understand that it is a trip, but they do are they are coming off rest. And so when I'm getting a rested Miami Heat team, uh, a team that, you know, Jimmy Butler led again, if they if they're in it and spitting distance in the fourth quarter, I think they have a chance to win. I think that Bam out of bio versus Jacoperto is going to be a good battle down low. Now, I'm not going to bet Bam props, as my people know. I just can't. I can't bet Bam props because when I bet Bam, he doesn't have a good game. And I, I hate jinxing him like that. But. I think that he can neutralize Jacoperto and the rebounding and just make that more of an even matchup. And so 
Kyle Lowry also been playing really well since he came back from injury. I've been roasting Kyle Lowry all year and he's put my foot in my mouth for sure. Cause he's been playing really well. So I like the Miami heat today. That'll be my best bet for the show. Greg, thank you for coming out and talking with us. Have had a good time. Can you go ahead and plug anything you want to plug? Yeah. Thank you for having me. We'll have to do this again. And I will surely have you on my show screaming from the sidelines at some point. So on that show, we do a lot of betting talk, like the kind of things that you're listening to today. Plus, sometimes we get some exclusive interviews with people in the basketball world. We've been okay. super March Madness focused uh, with Coach Scott Spinelli coming on this last week. We had Casey Busher talking about Dallas sports. A lot of episodes have come out in the month of March, and we're going to get a lot of good ones soon because the playoffs are rolling around and then women's basketball summer it's a great time to capitalize when there's not a ton of other sporting action going on the world cup isn't even this summer although i suppose the women's world cup will be but uh got rescheduled and everything between Mm -hmm. covid and having it in qatar but that's beside the point that's all i have for you in terms of my show and you can find me on twitter at grego silver uh if you're listening audio it's g-r-e-g O-H-S-I-L-V-E-R, where I tweet out a lot of different bets and basketball-related content as pertaining to my show. All right, everybody, make sure you give Greg a follow. Make sure you follow the podcast at HWCulturePod. You know you guys know where to find me at, really real underscore underscore. Hey, look, just go ahead and leave the review. Like, you're right there. You're in the app. Like, you're right there. You might as well. Before you head out, just go ahead, drop down, give me a review. If you guys love me, you know it helps me. And you know, you know, I'm going to read them eventually. I don't. I actually got to figure out how to read the reviews now. Because on the other, we had a, a bot that sent it to my straight to my phone. So I got to figure this one out. But I'll figure it out. You know, guys, we're all growing together with the show. You know this. We're all growing together. So appreciate that. And I mean, of course, I still don't know how to end the podcast. I can't, I don't, I don't have no catchy catchphrase or anything. So unfortunately, I'm just going to end it like this. We are out of here.